0: Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further, because we're here to add some excitement back into your game nights. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night.
0: Happy Friday, everyone! For this episode, we have a saboteur
1: among us as we discuss board games with hidden traders. For the shelfie, we examine something we can surely all relate to with awkward family photos. For our escape room report, we visit Clever Fox Escape Rooms to search for The Book of Dragons and finally share our Friday favorites.
0: Lauren, you got a real distrustful look in your eye right now.
1: <laughs> well, that's because I might be a hidden traitor. But before we talk about that, what are you bringing to game night, Greg?
0: I'm bringing my honest opinion. You've got a distrustful look in your eye right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm bringing honest opinions. Um We recently uh, had a chance to borrow a game from one of our friends. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a much more extensive library than we do. At least at the moment, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, because we're mostly limited to what we can Mm -hmm. have. Most of it's in storage. But he recently got Tiny Towns, which is a game that many people say is a great game. It's one of the top games of, I forget when it came out, it was last year or the year before.
1: I remember it had a big presence at um, the a dice tower convention that we went to a year ago i don't remember seeing it there but i believe that uh, yeah i just remember it for a while was like the hot new game
0: right and like i get the mechanics behind it and i get why people like it Uh uh-huh it's just not for me
1: yeah i feel i i felt the same way it was like okay i get this i even get why people like it it just, for myself, it wasn't a game that I would be like, ooh, let's play this, yeah. you know? And I mean,
0: I think I liked it more than you did. Yeah. But even still, like, I wouldn't see myself bringing that to the table often, even if you mm-hmm. did like to play it. And, like, it's okay to share that with your group. It's yeah. okay to be honest. And, like, I would always say give the game an honest try mm-hmm. if you've never played it before. Or, like, you know how we have our game rotations. Yeah. Where, like every four game sessions it's my turn again to pick you Mm -hmm. know because it goes me it goes you it goes our friend chris it goes our friend christiana right and then back to me again like so if i really want to be selfish and put that on the table i can you know or if i want to be considerate and think about like what other people want to play i can do that too Uh but like it's okay to voice your opinion and just say like that's not my favorite and I prefer to play something else, but like if you really want to play that, we can play that. You know, it. I, I think the main point here is being part of a gaming group mm-hmm. is like being willing to communicate your opinions yeah. like that and respect of those opinions.
1: And I think it's also okay not to. You don't have to like the popular game, or the latest popular game, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, not every, there, there's hundreds of board games out there, and not every one is going to be your thing, and just, so just because a game is super popular does not mean that it's up your alley, basically.
0: Right, like, um there's this game that our friends have that's like this Marvel game, what's it's kind of like cute and chibi looking, mm-hmm. you know, where like they got the big heads and the cute little bodies and stuff, and our friend really liked it, and he was super excited to play it with us, and we played it, and... It was okay. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, like, ever volunteer to put it on the table myself. Was it
1: the Marvel United?
0: Yeah, it's Marvel United. Yeah. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel United. Marvel United. And, like, I get why other people would like that. I get the mechanics, of how they work, and mm-hmm. how, like, it's simple but fun. It's got a cute art style. It's just something about it just didn't click for me in the enjoyment box. Yeah. You know? And, but even still if he wanted to put on the table i'm not gonna uh you know yeah. i would I'd just be like okay and then after as soon as we're done then i'd be like so what are we playing next mm-hmm. you know? yeah but like i don't have to hide the fact from our group that i don't fully enjoy it i was even saying in the middle of the game like i don't understand how this mechanic works for that that seems like contradictory, or yeah,
1: or it seems broken, or it seems, yeah. you know, like I feel like are we missing something because this doesn't seem right. but we still
0: you know, played the game to the best enjoyment we could, yeah, you know, and I think that's, the, and I'm sure you have games that, you know you've played other than tiny towns that you're not mm-hmm. a biggest fan of, but yeah,
1: know. well, and it, the other thing too with um with tiny towns and is, you know, it's there's certain games like I okay, so I didn't obviously I didn't win. I understood like i saw the challenge in there and i mm-hmm. get where people like the challenge of trying to figure that out um but i just felt like there was i felt like the game was missing something that i i felt like there was too little to do in the game you know right. what i mean um but like you know for example there's one game um is it island of cats yeah and I suck at that game, but I still like it. Yeah. Like, I lose every time, but I still like playing it. <laughs> because it's cute cats. Yeah, I mean, it's a cute it's Tetris. Cat and, and I, yeah, it's the Tetris nature of it I like. I
0: suck at all the other parts of it. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. still a fun game, though, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's my what I'm bringing to Game Night is the note and message. You can be honest with your opinions, you know. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't absolutely destroy my friends with, like, oh, this game sucks. How could you hate, love this game so yeah. much? You know, I hate this game so much or whatever. Just... Sherry, it wasn't for me.
1: Yeah, and not every game has to be for everyone. Yeah,
0: and that's fine. Yeah. You know.
1: So um, I'm bringing a new um, gaming mat that we recently won. It's um, from a company called Game Toppers. Um, you can find them at Game Toppers on like Instagram and um, social media. Um, but it's a really cool kind of like the neoprene where it's like a printed front and it's kind of rubberized in the back so mm-hmm. it has good grip on your table um and it came with a a really cool little carrying case which is very convenient right now since we are it's still in the middle of our forever move um (laughs) it just seems that way anyway um but it was kind of it was kind of serendipitous because um it just so happens before we moved we had been discussing possibly once we do finally are in our new house um getting one of their um table toppers Mm -hmm. and um so this mat will be able to like live in that once we get that so it was kind of funny that it just so happened we won something that was a piece of what we were already planning on buying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Tell them about um, what design you chose.
1: Yeah. So they have a ton of different designs and actually they just released a brand new one um right after we won this um that's also really cool it's really pretty it's kind of like this um asian art style oh darn i wish we could Um, have chosen that one yeah it's really neat um but we got the space one Mm -hmm. so it kind of looks like this kind of purple blue galaxy kind of thing and there's kind of like just the hint of like a space station or something down in the bottom Mm -hmm. we were very torn between that and the adventure one which is kind of like a it kind of looks like a map or like something. Like a grade map, yeah. Yeah, and so we, when we actually get, if we do get the, the actual table topper, um, which kind of turns any table into a game table, um, which of course we will talk more about if we actually do get it. We hope to get one, would it but... be if? <laughs> when? Well, you know, you, things happen, but... When? <laughs> um, when we get that, we'll talk more about it, um, but... Um... We'll probably get that one at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be nice to have some different options and stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it's not like a super detailed, like, this clearly goes with this game, you know? Yeah. It's just the one we got, like you said, it's kind of like a purpley, like, cosmos. Yeah. One, you know, where it's like, it's just stars, mm-hmm. like some intergalactic, like, clouds or whatever yeah you, i don't know space terms yeah you know what you know what i'm talking about it looks like clouds in space yeah you know and then yeah there's some kind of like an alien spaceship or a station or something yeah but it's corner. just
1: sort of in the corner you can but barely... we, we
0: kind of looked at all the options they had and we were like that one's kind of fun plus we don't have many sci-fi games, but mm-hmm. we do have a few, like Galaxy Truck or Clank in Space. Yeah. And it'd be kind of cool to play those with that fun background. Yeah,
1: and the the mat's nice. Like, you might think, okay, well, why do you need a mat? There's a couple of reasons. One, it makes picking up things easy because it kind of gives a cushion so you can, like, push... Yeah, push in and under for,
0: because how many times have you been like, uh, uh, yeah, I, like you can't quite I can't grab get the card, and like, you don't want to bend the card with your nails, yeah. or scratch the table. Or... Um,
1: also, like you know, one of the things I was noticing is our table, um, is getting very scratched up and stuff from you know, constantly sliding board games across it or rolling dice on it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, having that extra protection will be really nice, yeah, and that's um, the other thing
0: too, rolling dice, that's a great point, yeah, because like it also. The cushion lessens the bounce, mm-hmm. which, like, arguably, okay, so, like, maybe it's not as much of a quote random roll, but also they're not gonna go flying as far. When yeah. you let them go and you're to go, like, oh, oh god, oh no, the cat's oh, got it.
1: Yeah, oh, there goes all our dice.
0: It wrote a one before the cat hit it. it was- yeah,
1: yeah, and they have um, solid options as well. So if you don't want anything, like, if if you're really like a purist where you're like, oh, I don't want to play a non space game on my space theme mat, like, they do have plain color. Yeah, they ones had just well. like red or they like have like
0: blue. They had like just red or, or blue. I
1: think red, blue, and green, maybe. There
0: was this one other one that I was kind of really tempted towards, and it was kind of like a lake. Mm-hmm. with what looked like a Viking settlement yeah. on the edges. I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But like, I couldn't think of any games that we have that would really kind of fit with that game. Well, plan. and
1: I think right now we've just been more like... When we see Viking things, we perk up because not only am I playing Assassin's Valhalla. Creed Valhalla, but we've also been watching the, the TV show Vikings.
0: And then we so, recently watched Norsemen. Yeah,
1: so we're kind one. of like, when we see Viking things, we're like, oh, look, Viking. You right, know? <laughs> but that's why I want to go for that
0: because that's kind of like the flavor now. Yeah. But space can always be space. Exactly. But it's also like we're watching Battlestar Galactica for my mm-hmm. first time. So don't tell me who the Cylons are because I don't know yet. but uh yeah so that's what you're bringing to game that nice big and it's a big one too it's yeah it's a good size i didn't measure it but it's at least like three by two feet Mm -hmm. or something like that
1: yeah so it'll it'll take up a good bit of real estate on the table so that the it's nice and protected Mm -hmm.
0: and also like you kind of mentioned before it's got like a little bit of um a coefficient of friction so yeah cards don't go sliding out of places easily because mm-hmm. especially whenever we play things that like you have to play cards under the table and like you want to keep track of like the order and like where the deck it, it's kind of hard to like yeah. oh, this is supposed to go here but it's shifted and... yeah and it's
1: like i said it itself is rubberized on the back too so it won't slide all around your table as you're like mm-hmm. doing stuff so. so like
0: once you try one of those it may not be for everybody mm-hmm. but for me i don't think i'm going to go back yeah. once i play <laughs> with one of those like it'll be hard to like not use one
1: yeah so, I think we should get on to our main topic.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going to talk about hidden traders today. Yeah.
1: So, right now, like the popular, at least maybe, you know, maybe it's five minutes or up, but the popular thing has been playing this um, online slash app game called Among Us. Mm-hmm.
0: And we've even done that with our friend. Um, matt from the moral combat crew at natural hat trick
1: on yeah on twitch he and, does it on twitch yeah
0: and we played a couple times online with him i suck at the game i really suck at the game but like it's fun
1: yeah part of the reason i suck at it is not even that i'm not a good bluffer but i'm not good at paying attention to i'm just like i went to this room and i did this thing and like I'm not good at like explaining where I went, so they're like, oh well, I was down in the hangar doing this, and I'm like, I don't know, I was in a room, like you know. Yeah. So and- I instantly look like the traitor, but really it's just my incompetence at remembering where
0: I went. And I'm too focused on doing the tasks because yeah. I'm like doing a checklist. So be like, was anyone there? Like I saw somebody walk by, couldn't tell you what color they were.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's that's the other thing too. I'll just be like, uh, it was it was red, and then but then I also have to remember constantly to like, okay, it was red, and then I saw purple, and then I saw you know, and I'm not good at that.
0: I also am way too trusting of other people. Like, I'll go hang out with someone else, like, practically offering myself up as a sacrificial lamb, and they'll kill me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the thing with uh, Among Us is, really, all it is is a hidden traitor game. And for those of us, you know, although it seems really, like, fun and new to a lot of people, for all of us in board games, it's just a hidden traitor game. We we know thousands of hidden traitor games. So we thought um, we would kind of focus in on that specific mechanic that's used Mm -hmm. in games
0: and some ways that different games use that to different benefits Mm -hmm. or advantages with mechanics and
1: i think like anything you know hidden trader it's one of those kind of mechanics that not everybody likes
0: you know yeah once again not everyone is down for hidden trader games but if you do like these kind of games these are some options that might pique your fancy. Uh-huh. So uh, we're going to list different board games, including the player count and the time it takes to play them, mm-hmm. and what makes them unique as a hidden trader game. Because there's hundreds of them out there. Oh yeah, games. there's tons. But these are some of the big heavy hitters that have like that kind of unique spin that I uh-huh. thought was different.
1: And that you, if you are into board games, you may have already heard of these. And if you're not, this yeah. might be the first time hearing about them.
0: So one that was kind of on the forefront of my mind, like we already said, we got the space theme mat. We've been watching the show, at least for me, for the first time. You've seen it before. It's yes. the Battlestar Galactica board game.
1: Which is almost as popular as the TV show. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of has a life of its own now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes from three to six players and takes two to three hours, they say. But as we've said before, those times always yeah. double it because, like, I'm, honestly. From what
1: I've heard, this game can go on pretty long. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty chunky. Like, there's a lot of bits and pieces to it. Yeah,
0: So just like in the show, everyone could be a human or could be a Cylon, right? And you never know quite who's who. And what it is is that there's lots of actions that the players have to take. And all these actions have a major risk-reward. Where It's like, we need food. Well, if I take this action, there's a 40% chance we'll get food, but a 60% chance we'll lose fuel and get nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do we do, you know? So, like, anytime time that a person makes a choice and if they fail... It's kind of evidence. Like, did you fail on purpose to sabotage us? Mm-hmm. Like, how come this failed? How come you made that choice instead yeah. of taking a safer route? You know, and it's like, well, I m- maybe he made a bad decision, or maybe he's purposely trying to sabotage, or maybe he just got unlucky. Mm-hmm. You know, just like uh, on the show. You know, like if now keep in mind, I don't know who Cylon is yet, but like if like let's say Colonel Ty, the old man who. Um, Lost an eye. Well, I was not going to say <laughs> in that in case of spoilers. But yeah, the Sorry. old man who eventually, like, you know, who's, like, it's, second in command, you know. It's been on long enough that okay, I'm not part, worried, about true, true. So the old, worried about spoilers. So you're worried about spoilers because you're watching so it. So but. the second in command who eventually loses an eye. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he may be a Cylon or he may not based upon his actions. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, uh, the biggest advocate against Cylons being a Cylon. I could believe that, you know, yeah. because he's like, you would never suspect me. But what's really cool about this game is that halfway through the game, everybody redraws their roles so someone who was not a Cylon for the first half of the game now is a Cylon mm-hmm. so like you redistribute who the traitor is so then they have to work with what foundation was laid
1: yeah that's that's very that's very different from any of the hidden trader games i've ever played or ever seen before mm-hmm.
0: where like it changes up yeah it. but like if you look at the picture here there's tons of cards tons of stations like if the board itself is divided into six quadrants. It looks like the Battlestar Galactica itself has like eight to ten different spots that you have to go to in the board. Everybody has their own like uh, character card like President Rosalind who has like their own abilities there's like so many different moving parts to keep track of uh-huh. and I know that people say like but it's all thematic and kind of fits with Battlestar yeah but this is a chunky chunky game yeah that like if it's not for you like how much is here Uh uh-huh. I would steer clear because yeah
1: but it is also I mean it is a very popular beloved game it's been out for a long time and it's had and at least three
0: different expansions yeah and
1: people still like I've seen people at like the conventions we've gone to setting up a huge game of Battlestar oh, yeah. Galactic like it's still kind of on the forefront of one of the most popular hidden trader games which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing that a game based on a tv show would have legs this long
0: right and I mean I would love to play this game with a full group of people uh-huh. it's just I you know right now that's difficult but you know I'm, I'm one who's willing to learn a big chunky game like this yeah if I think it's going to be worth it and since I like the tv show mm-hmm. I, I would be willing to put in that time but, like, if you haven't seen the show or if you don't like these games with so many moving pieces, this may be too intimidating. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of other options. So, one option that's a bit more simple, that's, like, kind of pared down but still fun, is the Resistance Avalon. Now, the Resistance is that one that's, like, the cyberpunky one, where, like, you know, you're voting to be, like, uh, who's going to go on this mission? Do we succeed or fail, uh-huh. right? Well, there's that one, but the reason I chose the Avalon... Um, Reprint instead is because it does a couple things differently. So, for the Avalon one, it does have modules that and components for up to 10 players, Mm -hmm. you know, so that way, like, based upon how many players are playing, you'd be like, We're doing it with seven players, so we have to have this many people go on the mission, blah blah blah, right? Um, but what's interesting is that then you also pass out role cards to everybody, so everyone has a unique identity that they have to keep secret, and some roles have hidden knowledge that the other ones don't. So, for example, Uh, Like Percival, whoever plays Percival, if there is a Percival, Uh would know who Merlin is, if there's a Merlin. But Merlin has to remain hidden from all the other players. Yet Morgana knows who Merlin is. Mm -hmm. So right away, when Merlin, Percival, and Morgana open their eyes and look around, they'll know who's in that triangle but they won't know who's who. Uh-huh. So already you have your suspicions about like Lauren versus James versus Greg. Uh-huh. Because like, oh, well, the three of us had our eyes open, but like, I don't know. Are I you... know who I am, but I don't know who you two are. Yeah. Right. Also, even some of the evil players are unknown to others. There's one character in there, Oberon, who he's evil and will vote to destroy everything. But none of the other evil players know who, that he's part on their team. That's cool. So that's also interesting that mm-hmm. like he's kind of a hidden ally to the bad side that you don't know about. Yeah. so I think it's fascinating how it's very similar to like werewolf uh-huh. and everyone at this point has heard of werewolf. Yeah where, you know yeah, some people will be like, oh, I'm the seer, so I'm constantly looking for the werewolf or well, I'm the mayor so my vote counts twice. Mm-hmm. This one kind of pairs it down a little bit where no one has a special ability. It's just you have that extra bit of knowledge when you start the game. Uh-huh. And I think that's what kind of simplifies it, but also makes it, I think, more enjoyable. Because you don't have to constantly think about, like, okay, but how am I going to use my ability this time? Well, yeah, yeah,
1: you know. yeah, yeah. I think the that's one thing sometimes that can be a problem with hidden trader games, is when you're not only trying to figure out who the different hidden traders are, traders are but also trying to remember like oh i have this special power like so how does this sometimes you forget you have the power or you rely too much on your power and not aren't paying enough attention to everything else um i do like kind of the idea of this one because i we have played well we've played like a pared down version of the resistance before Mm -hmm. because it's also really easy to do a home version
2: yeah just just saying
1: um but uh I like the idea that it has, like, this Camelot theme to it, though, mm-hmm. because these are recognizable characters and things like, like that. Like Mordred, Morgana. That, and yeah. and it sounds like they some of them kind of go along with a little bit of the story in terms of, like, Morgan and Morgana, what they know, what they don't know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, like, a fun um, aspect to this yeah. this version in particular.
0: The other good thing about this is, um, first of all, Werewolf can go up to, like, an insane number of people, like uh, 64 people. This only goes up to 10, so it's not going to good. Yeah, crazy. and this
1: this one doesn't have any player elimination, right?
0: Right. So, because that's the main problem with werewolf i think is like yeah. if you get out the first round you can still enjoy and watch if you like to watch yeah Otherwise, like you're done you'll just wander away exactly and it's like uh you mm-hmm. know like at least this one even if you technically do get found out as being a traitor like near the beginning you're you're still able to play and be in the game yeah so like your vote still counts for like mm-hmm. what happens you know And it's just people know like okay we have to count for the fact that greg's a traitor and he's always going to vote no mm-hmm. you know so yeah um Yeah, so that was the Resistance Avalon. That's five to ten players, and they estimate that to be about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, depending upon the number of players present, maybe a bit more. But honestly, yeah, these games would go by pretty quick. I don't see them taking more than an hour at the the most onset. And that's with, like, a lot of discussion, yelling back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one that we have is one that's been around for a while, but you and I have never personally played, called Secret Hitler.
1: Yeah, I've definitely heard of it, mm-hmm. but
0: I I don't know very much about it. So this is very similar to the one we just talked about, The Resistance. Uh, it's 5 to 10 players, 45 minutes, they estimate. so a little bit longer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what's a little bit different is, so once again, you do have to do the whole, I'm selecting these two people to decide how the mission goes, or the the goal goes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, essentially these two people go going to vote, whether it's the good result of the bad result and then if we have so many bad results we lose right but the difference here is that the game length can vary based upon what objective gets hit first so you have the quote good guys the liberals right Mm -hmm. Uh, in this game the blue ones who want to get five liberal policies passed however the bad guys the fascists want to get six fascist policies passed now where it gets interesting is like you're thinking, okay, so it's not just like the resistance where it's best three out of five. It's it keeps going until either six of the good ones or five of the bad ones are done, mm-hmm. right? So at least the game then lasts longer. Because the bad thing about the resistance games, in my opinion, is like just as you start to get some momentum going and like think you figure out who's who, uh-huh. games are, and then yeah. the thing gets redrawn again. Uh-huh. You know, but here it goes a little bit longer, so you can have more time with those people. But what's more interesting is that one character is always going to be Hitler, Mm -hmm. secret Hitler. And they have two roles here. They have the president and the chancellor. Now, the president is the leader of the group, right? Like the captain of the team for that round. And the chancellor is whoever they determine to be the uh, vice president. Now, if at any point in the game there are, I think it's three fascist red uh, points on the board and Hitler is elected chancellor, instant game over. Hmm. They win right then uh-huh. and there. So the game can end just like that if you make the wrong decision. Uh-huh. However, as the game goes on, and more and more fascist things get put into play, then the party can decide to eliminate players. So it does have player elimination. And if they happen to eliminate Hitler, instant game over, good guys win. So it's interesting how they both sides have an instant uh-huh. game over victory condition. As well as a variable length, how long the game can go. So mm-hmm. a game can surprise you by dragging all the way out to like the eleventh inning, or by a very quick short, like okay mercy roll, like we're calling this. Uh-huh. Like, Red right, ran away with this really fast.
1: Yeah, I'm, this one reminds me a lot of if you really love Among Us, mm-hmm. like this is a, very much a board game version in a way where yeah. there's multiple ways. Like if you if everybody votes in the beginning and figures out who the traitor is and kicks them off. You, you've you won, game over, mm-hmm. you know? Or if they, you know, if they achieve so much sabotage, game over. Yeah. Or if, you know, like there's lots of different kind of or ifs that can change the fate of the game and it can either drag on or it can be over really quick.
0: Yeah. I also, I don't know how well you can see, but I like the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. How like it's got like a lot of like color coordination, you know? I mean, of course, people who are colorblind won't be able to see that. But like, it's got that kind of like, 1930s 1940s era like postage style look Uh to it you know um it's interesting how the liberals are humans and the fascists are reptiles like (laughs) literally like you have a snake like like, a toad like a lizard and i can't tell what the other one is but like Mm -hmm. they're like not human yeah you know which is an interesting choice Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's got kind of a fun like visual aesthetic to it too you know, so I think that's one of the things that kind of draws, yeah, draws I, me to
1: I it. Yeah, I always remember, like, when I see the box, the box is very distinct and sticks out. Mm-hmm. So I've always, like, that's, I've always seen it, like, on the table and be like, oh, yeah, that game. Uh,
0: another one that I wanted to bring up, which is kind of, once again, diving back to the Arthurian legends, is Shadows Over Camelot. That's three to seven players, it takes uh-huh. one to two hours to play. And this one's interesting because, um, the main point of it is that there's so many different battlefronts you have to be working on. You have to be working towards finding the Holy Grail, getting Excalibur, fighting the Picts and the Saxons. You know, like, uh, and also like managing the number of catapults that are in front of your castle. There's so many ways to like fail in this game, because you're essentially putting swords on the round table, mm-hmm. and if you complete a quest in a good way, you put a white sword. If you fail the quest, you put a black sword. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's, if I remember correctly, if there's 12 catapults in front of the table, in front of the castle, you lose. Or if by the end of the game, there's more black swords than white swords, you lose. So there's a lot of things you have to manage here. And people have to keep making choices. Like every single turn, it's like, okay, are you going to put a catapult down or are you going to draw a black card and see what bad thing happens? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's always like the constant of like one more catapult's not going to hurt us. We have five down, we need to get to 12. Versus, oh, I could draw three black cards. Like, and those things can be really hurtful towards us and maybe make us lose a quest. Mm -hmm. So once again, kind of like Battlestar, like, did I just make a bad choice? Or am I actually a traitor who is trying to sabotage the game? What's interesting about Shadows Over Camelot is that there may or may not be a traitor.
1: And that, that comes up in a couple different games um, mm-hmm.
0: where there's the
1: possibility of a traitor, but that doesn't necessarily mean that gets de- dealt out. It's all based right. on the hand that is dealt.
0: So like you could get all dealt a hand where no one's a traitor, mm-hmm. and you've all been second-guessing each other for no reason. Yeah. Or it could be that there is one or even two traitors, mm-hmm. and you don't know that. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting game where... You don't know how much you can or cannot trust even from the beginning mm-hmm. about like what's going on here. Cause at least in the game, like Among Us, the whoever is the like room leader can decide how many traders there can be, basically yeah. players. But here, you don't know. So it would almost be like that if like they could I don't know if they can choose that among us or not, mm-hmm. but if they can just do like number of traders mystery, how fantastic would that be? Which is like could be one of us, could be four of us, who knows, <laughs> you know?
1: Note to Among Us uh, designers. Yeah, right. Make the number of mystery. Just <laughs> yeah. random roll of the dice. Yeah, as soon as the game starts dying down, add that in so that people get interested again.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one I want to talk about that I discovered recently. It's called Deception Hong Kong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is one where it's kind of like an 80s like murder mystery game where uh, someone's been murdered... One player is the forensic investigator who's kind of giving clues. So kind of think like Mysterium. Uh-huh. Where, like, they can't talk, but they can, like, use objects to, like, indicate to you okay. what the correct answer is. Is this
1: a, um, a Lucky Duck game by any chance? I
0: don't remember if it was Lucky okay. Duck or not. Um, I just seem
1: to, like, I'm picturing, like, I thought I, you know.
0: Yeah, it might be. Um, I didn't happen to catch... Um, who made it. Who made it, yeah. But I do know it's 4 to 12 players. Um, But what's interesting is it does the kind of thing where like people get handed out the roll cards. One person's the murderer. One person's the accomplice if there's enough players. So that way they're, they're not the main murderer, but they're also like trying to help the murderer. Uh Uh-huh. One person is the witness who knows who the murderer and accomplice are. They don't know who's who, Uh, but they know like if there's a murderer and accomplice, like it's it's these two. These two, two, yeah. Right. But the murderer and accomplice don't know who the witness is. Mm. And then everyone else is a cop trying to investigate this, right? And so, essentially, the forensic investigator is using things, like, the murderer has to pick out of the cards in front of them, okay, it's poison, and it's, you know, with um, the takeout uh, tray, you know? And everyone has, like, these little, like, evidence cards in front of them. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's almost like Clue, where, like, could it be you with the lead pipe? Could it be you with the wrench? You know? What's the combination here? But based upon the subtle clues that the forensic investigator gives you, you can try to figure out, okay, well, he said like they're colleagues. So like the box of chocolates is not gonna be something for colleagues. That's like lovers. So we can eliminate Uh that off the table. And eventually the people have to try to guess almost like turning their badge. Like, you know, i put my badge on the fact that Lauren is the killer and she did it with this and this. And if they're correct, then they caught you. Yeah. But if everyone guesses their badge and no one got it right, then you get away Mm scot-free. Now what's interesting about this is If you do get caught as the killer, you've got one chance to still pull this out of the bag and win. If you guess who the witness is, you win instead. Hmm. And I like that, how you are doing a hidden traitor game, and if you get caught, the game's not over. Uh You still have a chance to win. It's not like, oh, I got caught, I guess I'm done. Yeah. I guess my game's over. Okay, let's just redraw. Mm -hmm. You still have a chance. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes that game so interesting, and worth noting is that last minute switch uh-huh. that like everyone's like, we found you out all, oh, but we still lost.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- the thing is with these hidden trader games is a lot of people either really love them or they really hate them. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there's the, 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 the obvious kind of, um, thing that, it, it, you can't have a, a traitor game where it's just two people, right? So that right away makes it okay. Maybe that's, you know, if you don't have a large gaming group, it already kind of eliminates those games from your rotations. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some people just don't, they don't like having to kind of lie and bluff. It makes them really uncomfortable or really anxious or they're just not very good at it. Yeah. You know, so some, and also like, you know, sometimes it can, Kind of bring out things in people where they're like, "Oh, well, it, it's always Greg, so we're just gonna book Greg, yeah. you know," and things like that. So, you know, not everybody likes these type of games, but th- there also is a lot of different types of hidden trader games, right? right? So, just because you've played a hidden trader game before, doesn't necessarily mean that you won't enjoy like this different kind of hidden trader game,
0: right? But yeah. So, those are the hidden trader games mm-hmm. that uh, we kind of went through and discovered recently. And like you said, it's not a genre for everybody. Yeah. But if you like to try to play a little bit deception like that, some of these may be up your alley. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's go into our shelfie.
1: <laughs> um so this um for this shelfie we are going to be looking at um, Awkward Family Photos, mm-hmm. and this is a game that I was actually given once, oh, totally at random by someone who doesn't know anything about games, and so when you first look at it, you're like, oh, this is not going to be a good game, mm-hmm. but it's actually one that's really fun and that we've played many times. It's kind of a good one to travel with as well, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of is similar in the vein to like a Cards Against Humanity where one person is a judge voting on whose um, submission was the funniest. Right. But of course it's utilizing the Awkward Family Photos from the site Awkward Family Photos.
0: Mm -hmm. So if you want an example of what we're talking about, just go to awkwardfamilyphotos.com and you'll find it. Yeah.
1: Um, and then what, so what it is, is there's, um, all these cards with photos from that site mm-hmm. they're, they're dual, double-sided. So that way you have a little bit of kind of option, which is
0: also great because sometimes like in something like cards against humanity, you would draw that black card and be like, Oh, this is a weird one. I don't get this or like,
1: well, or just, you know, the fact that like they're double-sided too, so that you have more options. That's so what you're I'm not saying. constantly you looking, could pick which
0: one do I like better. Yeah.
1: We're well, not constantly looking at the same image, you know, mm-hmm. cause then the game will get stale pretty fast. Right. Um, and then all the decks of cards are different movie quotes. And they have, like, all sorts of genres of movies. And they also have, like, one deck that's just more of, like, more not kid-friendly quotes. Oh, uh, yeah. So you can, like, play without that deck if you want. We have ours just all mixed because we don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so there are all sorts of famous movie quotes. And so what... Someone puts down a photo, and then everybody puts down their movie quotes that they think work with the photo, and then it's up to the judge
0: to pick. Yeah, it could be like a picture of like a kid crying with an Easter bunny, and then like I put down the card, and nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah, and you're like that's funny. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So it's all about you know what's funny or what what fits the best. Just just like Cards Against Humanity, it's kind of up to the judge's sense of humor and interpretation. Mm-hmm.
0: I think what's so genius about this is it combines both the visual aspect, which like is instantly more striking and telling Uh and movie quotes, which are more memorable and relatable to many people. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And they, like one of them will just, you'll, you'll you'll suddenly be like, Oh, I forgot about that movie. Or I forgot about that line. And it inspires
0: more conversations on the side. You know, this is a much more casual game that you can pick up and put down at random. Mm -hmm. It's fine. And you know, it, it's also interesting where like, yeah, maybe you know your friend, he loves Die Hard. And if I put down the Die Hard card, I'm more likely to get that point. You yeah, know?
1: exactly. If it fits or not, you know. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you're like, I have nothing that I think fits. But the random one you put down, because it is so random, that's why they like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also
0: very simple game rules mm -hmm. so much so that even your own dad who does not like to play games will play this one yeah it's simple enough you can teach it in 10 seconds
1: yeah exactly it's simple it's easy to play you know there are a lot of card against humanity like esque games ones that are essentially the same thing you know there's as it is there's games that are essentially the same thing like crabs adjust humidity is essentially cards against humanity um but this one it 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 uses a similar premise in terms of matching funny things to, and having a judge, mm-hmm. but you know because it's using an image and because it's using movie quotes, not just random things that the the game maker came up with, um, it kind of hits in a different level. It's not just a um, ripoff of *Cards Against Humanity*, basically.
0: Yeah, so I think that this is definitely one worth getting. Mm-hmm. It's a party pleaser. Yeah, it'll it, it it it's also one of those ones that I think. Anyone can relate be to because everyone has that one awkward family photo. Yeah, in their own exactly. Album. And so like, especially if you're playing with family or with close friends, you can share that experience. And like I said, anyone can play this. Grandma can get in on this easily. Yeah, and know?
1: it easily scales to a lot of people, to a few people. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't, I don't think you can really play it with two people unless you rando. But <laughs> even still, like it would just be fun. Yeah.
0: You know? So, yeah, I, I would highly recommend the Awkward Family photos. Um, look for the bright yellow box with the Awkward <laughs> Family on the front. Yep. And there you go. You know what else is fun, Greg? What's that, Lauren? Our other podcast, Moral Combat. I haven't heard of this podcast. Do tell me more about it. Do you have a promo you'd like to play for them? I do. Let's
1: let them tell you about it. And that is why Rocky Road is definitively
0: the best ice cream. Fine, I'll give you that, if you agree that- If you say that the Toy Story's toys are not alive one more time, I will shove Rex up your- Do you miss sitting around the table getting into long debates about meaningless nonsense? Toys do not have souls! So, are we getting hot wings? Then you need the Moral Combat Podcast, where we take all of your favorite pop culture arguments and debate them tournament-style,
1: except while we argue, it's our audience that determines the winner. I used to have trouble sleeping. I just couldn't turn off my brain. Now I drift off planning my own Moral Combat arguments.
0: I often have strange opinions, but can't share them with my family without being disowned. So I call the Moral Combat Hotline. They have to listen. And now I can attend Thanksgiving. Before I started listening to Moral Combat, I had no friends or confidence. Now, it feels like I have six new friends, and only one of them is imaginary and speaks in parcel tongue. Now I don't have to be the bad guy in my marriage. They can tell her how bad her taste in movies are. Recorded live via Twitch every week, come hang out and get back to discussing the important things. Available on all podcatchers by searching Moral Combat Pod. Thanks, Moral Combat! Follow us at Moral Combat Pod on all social media platforms or go to our website, www.MoralCombatPod.com to find out if we're right for you. Side effects may include shouting at your listening device, replicating similar arguments with your loved ones, voting on multiple platforms for the same matchup, submissions of your own picks, urges to leave voicemails, desires to guest hosts, pondering who hurt Greg, and many, many more. Boy, those first two people in that thing sure sounded sexy and familiar.
1: <laughs> you know what I think we're in need of? We're in need of a real, live, in-person escape room.
0: Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, it we're has. M- let's dust off these old skills, de-rustify our puzzle-solving abilities, and see if we can escape from a room physically. All right, so we are back in escape rooms. COVID times, taking all the precautions necessary, wore yes. masks despite our glasses fogging up.
1: Uh, yeah. And we're here to talk <laughs> about
0: Clever Fox escape rooms with the Book of Dragons. Yes.
1: And Clever Fox is a company that is actually local to us. Mm-hmm. In fact, this one was really close to us. Yeah, um, so They have rooms in Menifee, California, and Temecula, California.
0: Yeah, so very, very close to us, uh, Mm -hmm. a new company that we discovered. So we're happy for the new rooms because we thought we tapped this area pretty dry. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so the Book of Dragons, as it probably sounds, is kind of a a Mm medieval-themed room. Fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what drew us to it because it had been a minute since we'd done a room like that.
0: Mm -hmm. It was was a fun uh, location, you know? Uh, I would definitely say the room is well-themed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they they are just sort of in a strip mall, so the amount of theming that they are able to do is very impressive.
0: But, like, it didn't feel like I was just in an office. Exactly. Yeah, so they did a good job there. Um, We'll talk more specifically about the theming of it, but overall impressions, I would give this an A in terms of the theming. I think they did a great job. It it made me believe I was in, like, a wizard study. Uh Uh-huh. You know, at least for the most part, and, like, I didn't have any problem with my suspension of disbelief. Some places I do have that a little bit, but I still uh-huh. try to get into it. And like some places, you know, like the theme just goes with it, anyways. Like, oh, it's a virus lab. Okay, sure, it's going to be an office building. I'm, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, then it works. Yeah. But like the time we was supposed to be like uh, doing like a Jurassic Park, like in a dinosaur pen, I'm like, <laughs> no, this is just like yeah. a boss, a manager's office that like you put some vines on the wall. And that was it, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's there. we know that there's always, like, kind of limitations sometimes what these places can do based on their mm-hmm. location, um, but it's really fun when you see a room that is able to do a lot despite that, yeah. right? Um, this room, you know, we, it was an in-person room. We did wear masks the whole time and everything like that. I do think we are a little rusty, for a sure. A little
0: bit, but we also had some limitations in the room, too. We did. Uh, one of the main limitations that we had was light.
1: Yeah, it was rather dark, and both of us can sometimes have low-light vision issues because of our glasses and stuff. Yeah,
0: and the other problem was, in many other rooms where there's low light, they often will give you some kind of a mobile light source that you can use to pick up and move around with, like a candle or flashlight or something, and we didn't have any of that here. Mm -hmm. It was like a dimly lit room, once again thematic, which I like. It was kind of like low candlelight. Yeah. But the problem was that like there were some drawers and cabinets that we had to open up, and, like, one or two items we, like, missed in those uh-huh. because there was no way for us to, like, visually check. Yeah. I just had to, like, put my arm and, like, sweep around real quick to feel And if fun. I didn't
1: feel it for some reason.
0: Then I missed it. And, like, we're sitting there going, like, but we've used all the puzzle pieces. And the guy had to be over like, intercom, like, did you, like, as it was, a, did you check that drawer
1: again? You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We had a, we definitely had to use some hints for this one. I mean, we, we aren't. You know, not that we don't want to like, oh, we, we never use hints or anything like that. We try not to use too many. I would rather
0: use hints in pass yeah, the room.
1: Yeah, but we kind of have this rule of if we feel like we're at a standstill or we're not making progress, mm-hmm. let's ask for a hint rather than bang our heads up against the wall for, you know, another fifty. Yeah, we minutes.
0: typically have a five minute rule. If yeah. If we've made zero progress in five minutes or had no new ideas, uh-huh. then we call for a hint. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think one of the, one of the main problems I think we had with this room, and that's not to say it's not a good room. It's just there were a couple times where it kind of felt like there were some leaps in logics where it was kind of like, How would I know that I would need this? Or how would I know that this goes to this? You know? Yeah. Um, how you know, how would I know that this random word in this book goes to this lock over here? There's nothing that kind of indicates to me it wasn't
0: 100 percent, but it was a little bit of the like you get a you get a clue tried on every lock in the room yeah exactly there was very little to give us direction as to this goes to that over there
1: Uh uh-huh and then there were times where you know like um they might say you need to uh point this at the heart the heart of what
0: but, you you know, know, I was gonna say, like, that's the other problem is that, like, sometimes then. And
1: I'm, I'm sp- po- speaking somewhat in code because right. I don't want to give spoilers. Well, away, no, but yeah, but... like,
0: it would say, like, you know, aim me at the heart. Yeah. And it's like, the heart of what? Like, yeah. there's no obvious heart. And, like, usually, like, in an escape room, there'd be, like, a giant wooden, like, you know, Valentine heart drawn on the wall. And be like, well, clearly that's it. But here there's not. It's actually like part of like the general menagerie around you. Yeah. You just have to happen to have noticed.
1: Yeah. Or it'll be something that's like there's multiples of. So, you know, it could be like if it was a room full of dolls and it said, point me at the mouth. Okay, which one? I There's a bunch of dolls that have mouths in here. There's a lot of things that have mouths there's in here. There's a
0: picture with a mouth on it? Yeah. That's Cubist. I don't know if that's a mouth or not.
1: But, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So My mouth? Kind Is in my a, mouth? I should point it in my mouth. kind what? of a couple times where it was like okay it's not really clear that like i'm supposed to do this or um you know even there was a couple moments too where we had to we had to take a sword i don't think this is too spoilery because it is a dragon medieval kind of fantasy room we had to take a sword and stick it into something and it was very not obvious where the sword went yeah
0: it's like okay i have a sword great what do i do with this and then the guy's like did you try stab it into something like there's Light. nothing to stab. Light.
1: Yeah. Um, eventually, of
0: course, we did find out where it needs to go. We put it into its it quote was, unquote sheath, but it wasn't. It something, was very unobvious. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't something that stood out completely as that's where it needs to go. Yeah. It's not like it was an anvil saying insert s- sword into this stone here. Yeah,
1: And, and I mean, it, that may sound nitpicky where you're like, well, if it was so obvious, then it would be stupid or not fun. Mm-hmm. But we're talking like this would be this is like. The, the dark recesses corner of the room that looks like nothing. Yeah. That's where you're supposed to stick it. Well, that that's not really a puzzle. That's, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, let's get this out of the way right now. There were two puzzles in here that were not COVID-friendly.
1: Well, yeah, and part of it was you know we were trying to be very careful, obviously, and they did say that oh well they switch it in between guests and things like that. So they but can sanitize we, and stuff. We didn't know that at the time, so like one of them required you to breathe on something, which we were. I was kind of very hesitant to l- allow either of us to do.
0: Yeah, without I don't think it's too many spoilers, but there's like these electronic candles uh-huh. that you can like, <sighs> which we've seen in other and, rooms before. Like, it turns them on turns and off. Yeah, but like I said, like. In the times of COVID, that's kind of a no-no. Yeah. And then there was another one where it's supposed to be a smell puzzle, which we've seen once again before when we yeah. did our doggy dog world mm-hmm. one, which was a great one. Yeah. But first of all, there was nothing that immediately told me that this was a scent puzzle.
1: Yeah. And and uh, truthfully, we were able to solve it without ever knowing it was a scent yeah, puzzle.
0: Yeah. It, it's funny. I just kind of like my brain just instantly found the solution out of like the jumbled of clues. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, it's this. And it's like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, we, it, once again, not real eager to p- put stuff up to our face, yeah. you know. That, um, who knows
0: who has already put up to their face before.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and then there were a couple times in the room too that we mentioned to the the person who was running it that if someone was colorblind, they may have a hard time with. They mm-hmm. said they have had colorblind people come through and they kind of just have to rely on who whomever they're with, you but know. like...
0: That's a little bad because what if the colorblind person has the skill that they need to solve the puzzle? Yeah, or because what, sometimes what if I, it's
1: a, two two brothers and they're both colorblind, right. you know, but like But like,
0: sometimes there's puzzles where I don't get it at all and I you have to do it yeah. because you are better at it than I am. Yeah, and
1: vice versa. There's yeah. plenty of times where I'm like I don't understand this, you do it. You know, um, the one thing we did enjoy, which we always enjoy in rooms, is there were a number of puzzles that required us to be, like, on opposite sides manipulating something. Yeah, like, at least three or four. Yeah. So, we always like that where it's kind of... It requires us to both... Not... Obviously, you're working together in the whole room, but you know what I mean. It it we actually requires yeah. us to like communicate back and forth, or to both be manipulating something at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so those kind of things we always liked.
0: like. Like uh, one of them, I had to like put my hand through the wall
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like into like some kind of like a display box, like a terrarium. Yeah. And like move stuff around. And I had to you, I can't you. see what I'm doing, so you have to be like, no, no, back up to the left, to the right, you know, or like I have to like pull this lever so that a gear turns but i have to stop it at just the right time otherwise like it's not going to line up. yeah but you you can't see it and i have to tell you if you're getting close or not yeah and so that was definitely fun you Mm -hmm. know um i think my favorite thing that happened was at one point we did have to um bounce like a beam of light with mirrors yeah that was enjoyable Mm -hmm. what's funny though is this is a little bit of a of a self-brag but it's supposed to be a two-person job like, cause yeah. you have like two mirrors. I almost soloed it because <laughs> yeah. I was like, let me just do this. And like, you know, we can like, cause I kind of knew where I had to like, you know, bounce it to, to like illuminate something and you were just trying to tell me like, okay, a little bit more to the right, but it's just hard to do it with like two hands yeah. and you haven't stretched <laughs> down And you couldn't backs. keep it steady. And I couldn't keep it steady long enough. It was, it was like, you had to do like a three count. Yeah. But the guy was like, that was impressive. Like yeah, he he's like, nobody's
1: it. almost, he's like, we've had people try, but nobody's got as close. Like you almost had it. Yeah. Yeah, and like I told had told you, I was like you had it in the right place. It was just you couldn't keep it steady
0: enough, so you would kind of like pass over the right Mm -hmm. spot constantly. I was I was I was proud of that. (laughs) I took that as a badge of honor. Yeah, but I mean overall, it was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I think yeah, my main complaint is just we would like a visible light source that we could or a visible. We would like a mobile light source that we Mm -hmm. can work with. Like give us one of those fake candles that we can pick up and move. Because yeah. the big candles that they had, they get to blow on. They were, like, locked onto the table.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I totally get, you know, you want the ambience and stuff like that. But it's just some people have different levels of how well they can see in low light. Yeah. Um, And it, we were definitely having a hard time sometimes seeing some of the things. Definitely.
0: Um, I think that...
1: Oh, and something to write with. There yes. were a number of times where you had to remember quite a long sequence um and just something to write with would have been like a lifesaver yeah
0: that would have been very nice to do um because some people just have very poor short-term memory yeah you know.
1: especially me <laughs>
0: um, and like we even had to break it up i said like okay you remember four five seven nine yeah. and i'll remember the eight two four nine you know mm-hmm. whatever um what was my other complaint oh yeah and then like if you're going to do the puzzles where like we have to like do the covet stuff like because i Maybe he did, and this is me knocking him for no reason. I don't remember him saying that we had to do those kind of puzzles before, much less that he changed them out before. He told yeah. us after. Well,
1: like, yeah, exactly. He told us after. But, like, we um, – like, I know that, like, right now the standard is, you know, they don't aren't doing mixed groups anymore, at yeah. least for the most part. As far as I know, most escape rooms in California aren't doing mixed groups. Like, you, you book out the room, essentially mm-hmm. – um i know that they're doing less groups and dedicating more time to sanitizing in between but like they didn't don't mention like oh we actually took something out of the room and we change it between each person yeah. you know and and it wasn't obvious that it was something that they could even do that with and just you know like i said anytime Right now, you know, it's one thing to be touching other things and stuff, but to be actively, like, breathing on something. I don't know. If I was them, I would...
0: Something to your face to smell it?
1: Yeah. If I was them, I would look to changing
0: those puzzles out just because... Well, because with the stent ones, right? Like, you can easily, like, have clues scattered throughout the room. This is, like, for some strange reason, the blueberries in this vial look yellow. Yeah. So that way you know, oh, the yellow one is the blueberries. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, so like even if I don't put it up to my nose to smell it, I can like find those clues around and then I can do it that way. You know, it's a great puzzle and don't get me wrong, I love the idea of including the sense of smell. Yeah, present. it's just right Not now. Not right now.
1: Yeah, right now I don't particularly want to lift anything up to my face. I would put that in my back pocket um, for another year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was funny. I heard recently, because I obviously belong to a lot of escape room like groups and stuff, mm-hmm. where someone said they did a room and the room w- required them to breathe on a mirror to reveal a um, message, they were like, "No," and they literally were just like, "I'm, not, I will not do that. You need to tell me what the message is because yeah. I don't feel, you know, comfortable." Doing and that's that. the
0: thing, like, even if you tell people, like, "Oh, we change it in between and we sanitize it," some people may not feel comfortable. Period, yeah, you know, and that's their choice and prerogative for that, you know. And I mean, like I said, I, I, I believe them when they say that they sanitize it and change it in between. Yeah, it. and I'm not worried about that. I believe they sanitizing it properly. I'm just saying that some other people may have, you know higher concerns yeah that I would like yeah. I was willing to do the things you know it's just I I just like to try to think of the community's whole well. like we always talked about like think about the colorblind think about the disabled yeah
1: know? how would they deal with this yeah I just like I said I think it would be just probably something that I would for the time being take out until this is not as much of a concern mm-hmm. Um, because you know, it's one thing, like one of the reasons we felt comfortable doing escape rooms is obviously we know that they're doing a lot more cleaning and things like that, but also we wear our masks as much as we can. A Mm -hmm. couple times we've had issues with fogging up to where we kind of had to pull it down for a second. Um, but we, you know, we can sanitize our hands before and after we go in Mm -hmm. and we are purposely not touching our faces and things like that while we're doing the room, you know, and we're, we're trying Trying to be safe, but then when you say, okay, well, now I need to breathe on something, you know, I'm also thinking about other people or and deeply things like inhale that. this, yeah, deeply inhale something, yeah. So it's just, I think I would maybe try to find some alternatives for the time being if I mm-hmm. was them, but
0: but still, overall, I give this room a solid a I yeah. I think what they do, they do well, mm-hmm. I think. There's a few puzzles that could use a few minor tweaks, like mm-hmm. we said, you know. But um, e- in terms they of could like, easily be tweaked. In terms of pointing me in a more definite direction, yeah. Um, I think that, like we said, the COVID things, like it's just a temporary concern. Uh huh. There's, I'm sure, some easy workarounds that they can make to like manage that. Yeah. Um. Or or have the option for what you said. We're like, here's a puzzle that will require you to do this. If you don't want to do that, we'll just.
1: Tell you what you know yeah. it was supposed to do, yeah. Or even you know if up front they say you know there's a couple things that you might you might think are kind of weird to do right now, but just know we switch them out every time. Yeah, make or, that you know. big
0: disclaimer. Like you know how at the beginning of many rooms they have to do the whole like do not mess with light sockets because it's yeah. the, it's the basement law. You know. Yeah. Like oh <laughs> they have you mess with the light socket, yes. so you should not.
1: And if if you're unfamiliar with what we call the basement law, there's a room here in Los Angeles that requires you to stick something into a light socket. And
0: that's because not, of that- it's not connected, but it's- you know. It's not connected,
1: yeah. But it, it's one of those things that, it, as an adult, you know that you're not supposed to do. And so then when you are only presented with this option, you're very like- Am I, I doing am, this? Am I doing this? Am I doing this? And because of that, a lot of people have tried to do it at other rooms thinking that it's the correct answer, and it's not. So every, a lot of escape rooms now have to say, don't do this. And we always call it the, the this, basement uh, law yeah. because the basement made it everyone think that this was going to be something That's that That's everything escape rooms do. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I just say, like, maybe have, like, a COVID law which says, like, if you're going to have something in your room that requires you to smell or to blow on something or anything that would be, like, a COVID extra hazard like that, besides just touching with your hands, put it up yeah. there up front and then say, when you get to that. Mm-hmm. You know, because they always have the Game Masters watching. Yeah. If it's if you're clearly like not comfortable doing that, just say, I don't want to do this. And then we will help you through the puzzle.
1: Yeah, it's the same, you know, the same as this room doesn't do it. But I've we've done rooms too where you have to put your face right up to something, you know, like I would also feel a little weird about putting my face right up to something right now. Do you
0: remember how the basement? had that one extra room that was the elevator shaft. No, just, no, not the elevator shaft. The one that, before the that. Room, Were you where you just stick your head, to in head in I had to stick hole? my entire head through a hole in the wall. Yeah. Like as if I was about to get my head cut off. That was fun. <laughs> that was way pre-COVID though. That was like three, four years before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it, it's not there anymore. But now it's the elevator shaft, which is a very fun room. Mm.
0: There was one minor complaint I had for the aesthetics of this room though. Uh-huh. There was one part where you had to take a key and put it into a very special lock. Yeah. And that was not themed at all, which is a hard plastic around with the key. Goes. Yeah,
1: it was like, a little...
0: I get, like, I like the puzzle and, like, how the key worked and everything. But I just feel like they, maybe they are going to theme that and it just hasn't been themed yet. Yeah. I know, but it was just... like a little
1: spray paint would have gone a long it, way. Yeah,
0: just a little spray paint. It was just a little weird to have, like, you know... Stone wall, like wood tables, hard plastic. Yeah, you
1: know. yeah. And when we were doing the room, I had like there's a couple times where they have some sort of um, like a mix of genres mm-hmm. where like like they make a Harry Potter reference. Oh, yeah. And at first, I was like, "That's a little weird," but then I was like, "Well, I don't, it doesn't really bother me." It just I thought it was a little odd that there's a Harry it's Potter reference. It's still fantasy but... meets
0: fantasy. Though. Yeah, exactly. like If it was like Star Trek, then it's like, "Oh, what are we doing?" True. Again, yeah.
1: And like they mentioned wanting to do something Lord of the Rings, and I was like, well, but they all are in the same genre, so I guess it's okay. You yeah. know, it was just one of those. At first, I was like, do I like this? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I feel like
0: that's just like a nerdy nod. Yeah. Like at one point, we did it in a room, and the guy said, like, oh, the um, the combination lock was the same prisoner number Jean Valjean from Les Misérables. It's like who would ever make that connection? But a nerd. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like, <laughs> And like I think it's fine you know yeah. as long as you're not going like that one room that we did with our friend Matt from Mortal Kombat which like oh like sometimes they call it Gryffindor sometimes it's Griffin Table because they can't say Gryffindor <laughs> <you know>? yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's very inconsistent um the IP <laughs> yeah
0: so it's just like if you're going to commit to it commit to it you know and if not then like it's subtle nods okay like Yeah, like in this room, they did have a musical cue, I think, for the Harry Uh Potter. I think it's called Hedwig's theme. Yeah. But besides that, like there was no Harry Potter reference. It was Mm -hmm. just a quick quick smile on your face. Yeah. But Overall, I mean, I think we enjoyed this place. I'm definitely eager to go back and try their other ones, yeah.
1: And I mean, they like I cannot emphasize how close they are to us, so that was also pretty fun to like, know that there's know, a room so close. You know,
0: that expression, a stone's throw away, I should like, say almost literally, I
1: should say a good room so close because we did at our previous house oh, have yeah. a room that was very close by and it was terrible. So, and we and I think we talked about that on here we years did. ago where I almost
0: walked out, yeah. I, my if I was, I was like, if my foot hits the lobby, I'm done, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so that wraps it up for Clever Fox Escape Rooms with The Book of Dragons. So uh, now that we've talked about that and how much we favored it, let's talk about our Friday favorites.
1: Um, for me this week, I, we recently, um, got together with some friends and we introduced them to Sagrada, mm-hmm. um, which is always kind of a nice little filler game cause it doesn't take too, too long to play.
0: Pretty quick to explain too. Per-
1: yeah. Pretty quick to explain. It's one of those that I always tell people it, it looks really easy, but it's a little bit deceivingly hard. Um, you don't really kind of realize how hard it is until you've kind of backed yourself into a corner. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I forget how fun it is and just how um, kind of simple yet challenging it can be, um, and how, you know, you can, it can kind of like, you because you kind of have almost like where you can pick different levels of challenge Yeah. in a way. Um, so you can kind of like, I really, I'm just going to go for it and do this hard challenge. Kinda. Right.
0: Cause that's the one where you're making stained glass windows uh-huh. with colorful dice that you roll. Yeah. And the pattern that you choose will dictate certain amount of spots. Cause you have like a, I think it's a four by four grade you have to fill. And depending on how difficult the pattern is, it'll have more and more demands of like this spot here has to be purple, or that yeah. spot there has to be a five.
1: Yeah, and they they the the more demands, the harder it is. Because
0: you have to get exactly the right kind of yeah, dice. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's also a very pretty game. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's go- I think it's gorgeous. And it has a lot of like interesting mechanics in terms of there's certain abilities that you can pay to use. Mm-hmm. I like how which our friends kind of. It took them a second to realize wh- why that was. But you always, you roll so that everybody will a- essentially get two dice
2: mm-hmm.
1: per turn. Um, and then there's always one extra. And the one extra marks off what what round this was. Right. You know, and they, at first they were confused because they're like, why do we have one extra? And we're like, oh, because it goes here. <laughs> yeah, So you don't lose track
0: of like how many you've done. Yeah. Because um, typically if you do a perfect game... You have your entire board filled, but if yeah. you can't, then you have to say I have to pass because well, I can't use another yellow dice. I'm yeah,
1: sorry. what was interesting is I I actually had to pass very early on in the game, mm-hmm. like first round, um, I think. because of where I started. I mm-hmm. kind of started in a corner, um, in terms of I couldn't, you know, I, I had a very strict what was around me and couldn't build off of. Um, But what's interesting is I still, I think I won still. You did. You still won because you got a lot
0: of combo points at the end.
1: Exactly. So even though I, you know, which it killed me to not be able to completely complete my window. Well,
0: that's like the true history of Sagrada.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. It killed me to not be able to complete my window, but yet I was able to still play a strong enough game to win. So I I was interesting because I think I've only maybe had to do that one other time.
0: Yeah. It does kind of hurt the completion as part of my brain, right, I'm like, Why yeah. is there a hole in my window? I know. Getting <laughs> kids in their rocks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what about you, Greg? What is your Friday favorite?
0: My Friday favorite is a new one that we started with friends. We recently went through um, Clank Legacy. Yes. Where we did the Acquisitions Incorporate, which was really fun. Yes. Especially since I know the story of those characters. So I was like, oh, it's this guy. And everyone's like, I don't know who yeah. Jim Dark Magic is. <laughs> but we're kind of like on legacy kicks whenever we yeah. get with our friends. And so we started Pandemic Legacy Season 0. And
1: we have done Season 1. It's, we haven't done 2, though. No, we haven't done 2. We did Season 1, and it took us a really long time to get
0: through it all. Yeah, because, like, we just had these big breaks in between. Yeah. I think it took us, like, 2 years. And, like, we only got it done because we went up to, like, Big Bear for my birthday weekend. And got snowed and we in. we were like, <laughs> let's just get this done. Yeah. Man. We got 4 games left. Let's power through. We're snowed <laughs> in. Whatever. Um... But yeah, so season zero is awesome. It's right up my alley because it's like Cold War spy theme, Yeah. Which I love. And it's it's weird because it's so familiar but so drastically different. Even in the first game, I kept going like, no, this is how it works. And you guys were like, no, Greg, it's, it's That's not, not a virus. It's yeah. not like that.
1: It was funny because I think you had the hardest time with it, which is funny because usually you get games before everyone mm-hmm. else. But just because I think you've played Pandemic more so than anyone I else pandemic in our group. I've
0: played Pandemic for the past decade. Yeah,
1: and so you're just so stuck with the Pandemic rules. And this, it uses a lot of the same things, but it's different. How it works is mm-hmm. different. And so you kept going, well, no, obviously, we do this next. And we're like, no, that's in Pandemic. But we're not playing normal Pandemic here, yeah.
0: you know? It really messed with my head. like. <laughs>
1: but you loved it. Like, you I loved did. that it messed with your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also love it because one of the things that you have to do in there is. You create like these vans, mm-hmm. um and I busted out my phone and started playing the A Team song. Yeah. Um, so da,
0: da, 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 da. And so I, I turned to you and I said, "Anytime we move the van, I demand you hit play." And you were like, "But," and like wiggling the little van as you went. Da, da, da. Oh no, you took a wrong turn.
1: But it, it's a fun like twist on it really is um, on pandemic and. The thing is, we're we only played so far the um, the like, pregame.
0: Mm, yeah, the, the I forget what they call it exactly, but it's like the the prologue or something. Yeah, you know, which like is we, we haven't even gotten to the game in earnest. It's just like the warm up no. game. And the first time we played, we got our butts handed to us so fast. Yeah, and
1: that's that's kind of cool though because they do have like this pregame, and basically I think its purpose is to get you used to the new rules and yeah, how it, it works. It literally
0: says in the in the game itself in the book like don't start the first game until you're confident here. Play yeah. this as many times as you want until you got yeah. this. Yeah.
1: So it's definitely going to um, be a little bit of a different challenge for mm-hmm. us.
0: And I do like how even in the prologue, there's oblique references to season one. At the mm-hmm. least. We didn't yeah. play season two, but I definitely saw some mention of something that happens in season one. I'm like, oh, wow. This is like tying in immediately.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to go through the rest of that as well. Um, Hopefully it won't take us quite as long as the first one did. I
0: mean... COVID. like what? Are yeah. you, what are we gonna do? But we'll see. Uh, I think we're definitely gonna try to focus on that though and power through. Yeah. Too. But what I, I definitely want to do at least one more prologue game to kind of like tool myself, like dial myself in. Yeah, like I would honestly, say. I think I'm the weak link in our group for this <laughs> one because, like, like you've said, I just I can't. You're so yeah. I can't shift my mindset yet. You
1: yeah. Know? Well, because it is you're playing pandemic so your brain is like no i get this yeah. i get what these cards do and it's like not in this one they don't yeah um oh i think the best thing to do is because so we played the prologue but now it's been a couple weeks mm-hmm. i think before we start a real game in earnest we play a prologue and then start That's the real game I right right away one more um, because yeah because if we we've already had like a couple weeks to forget everything
0: <laughs> yeah but maybe that'll be good to like clear my head mm-hmm. you know so so that just about does it for our uh, Friday's Game Night for this month. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you come back again next month. It's going to be Easter. So who knows what we're going to do. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I think that does it for this episode. Um, music for this episode is Mega Rest by Twin Music Com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are appreciated as it helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook come talk games with us. Thanks for listening and good bye.